Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest And good morning, Friday morning, 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Bernie takes your comments across the show. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet this morning at C103Cork or email across the morning, jp at c103.ie. If there's something you wish to raise on the show between now and one. Also ahead on the show, we're going to discuss, and we've been following this story over the last three to four months with Dermot Jewell from the Consumer Association because because this is a big bugbearer for many people who receive gift vouchers and then they may put it away safely or maybe forget about it and want to save it for a particular occasion or whatever it is. When they go to get the gift voucher out, they realise it is out of date. Maybe they haven't looked properly at the expiry date on the gift vouchers because they don't really have a set expiry date. Some may have one month, some may have six months, some may have a year. Well, new laws have been approved at this stage. Uh, There has been a lot of talk over the last few years about these laws and how to implement these particular laws and Dermot Jewell and others from the Consumer Association and indeed other groups have met reps from the government Uh, they've been meeting for the last number of months and they now have agreed on these uh, new legislation that will be passed uh, in the next while but not everything that they wanted is going to be passed. Uh, the new laws and expiry dates is going to come in, but the gift cards and the value decreasing uh, might be something that is not going to come in on this part of the law. Anyhow, Dermot Jewell has everything that, that he uh, has been working on for this and he's in the know, so we'll chat to him shortly about what exactly has been approved for these new laws on gift vouchers. And your stories on gift vouchers are welcome. Of course, what we tell most people, when you get the voucher, spend it as soon as you can. Anyhow, we'll speak with him shortly on the programme and smokeless coal it is the only source of coal uh, at the moment in urban areas across the city but it seems now smokeless coal could be the only source of coal by the end of the year across Cork County at the moment if you're caught using smoke smoky coal as they call it in urban areas of Cork City and suburbs you can be fined up to €5,000 that particular ban and that particular fine and indeed smokeless coal now coming into 
of the county it seems by the end of this year it's a countrywide initiative here across Ireland to bring Ireland into a low smoke environment and reduce air pollution across the country all linked of course with our carbon footprint as well uh, that we've been speaking about over the last while especially at the start of uh, this new year so uh, your views welcome on that I'm not too sure if the cost of smokeless coal is dearer than the cost of smoky coal or not in the city people use it I don't think there's much of a difference when it comes to heat or it comes to cleaning out your fireplace but your views are welcome on that how everybody now across the county in all various towns will be made use smokeless coal it seems anyhow by the end of 2019 we'll speak to the county mayor on that particular change this morning on the show and insurance are you noticing your insurance costs for your motor insurance increasing still every time you've got a renewal over the last three or four years has your premium increased well it seems that may continue as the insurance industry is still calling for greater measures to be tackled uh, when it comes to insurance fraud and also they're looking for our legal system to be reformed. Uh, They feel that many of these claims that are brought before the courts may, first of all, a lot of them are, are fraudulent claims and they should not be coming before the courts, but they feel solicitors are looking after their clients as solicitors should but they're looking after their clients bringing them into court and making sure they get a payment and the payment then they get for example whiplash is four times more than a payment someone would get in the UK can be in this country between 15,000 to 20,000 for whiplash and a minimum it seems but when that payment is paid out that payment is coming mainly from the insurance companies and then when the insurance companies are losing money they must increase premiums so they can and keep paying out all these claims and when I mention that particular figure of let's say 20,000 that's just one claim imagine if you had four or five of those claims in a month not a mind a year so if an insurance company has to go along and pay all this out every single year then the insurance industry is saying they are losing money because what they know is fraudulent claims but they feel the legal system is pushing this and that needs reforming as much as does tackling the issue of insurance fraud. So are your views welcome on your insurance premium? A lot of people feel they are still increasing regardless of if you have a full bonus and you have no accidents, claims, convictions, no penalty points. People are still seeing their insurance premium increase. And when they go shopping around, we hear a lot of people saying that they're only noticing 20 or 30 euro in the difference. And for that amount, it's not worth a hassle. People feel to shop around for a saving of just 20 euros over the year. So your views welcome on that. It seems all the insurance prices are in and around the same at this stage uh, and many feel they are losing out because of those who were abusing the insurance system by making claims and some feel getting paid too much for claims and that would be correct when you look at whiplash alone on how again we are paying out four times more than what we are, what those in the UK are getting for a similar claim. We're also going to hear about a new initiative for rural Ireland and this is from Dr Tom Kavna who is from Fermoy. You may have seen him on the Ray Darcy show last weekend he was speaking about a number of issues including the eyeball survey which we touched on and we discussed a lot earlier on this week but one thing that we wanted to catch up with Tom on was he mentioned a new initiative for rural Ireland and what exactly is this about what's it going to be who will it benefit in rural Ireland because he feels that some parts of rural Ireland may disappear unless something is done and that's why he has launched this initiative to get stuff done so we'll speak with him on the programme 
this morning and we'll be going to the movies with Mark and a lot more to come between now and one so your lines are open your comments are welcome 1850 if you want to raise something on the show this morning or indeed you can text a WhatsApp 86 just something that is making news this morning and this is on the front page of the Times Ireland edition not too sure how parents feel about this because a lot of parents are demanding that the government cover the 300 euro cost of a vaccination against the strain of meningitis after three deaths in the past three weeks and we were being warned yesterday by the HSC of that particular issue of meningitis spreading it seems across various areas of the country uh, this is after the mother of a vulnerable three year old told uh, the Times Ireland edition yesterday that she was being forced to choose which of her four children to vaccinate after the HSC said it would be uneconomical to provide the vaccine free. Now the health service has warned the public to beware of meningitis symptoms and to ensure that children are vaccinated after an increase in cases over the past two weeks. Since the last week in December, 11 cases have been reported, three of them fatal and all of the cases were isolated so an outbreak has not yet been declared even though the HSC are warning people about the dangers of meningitis to be aware of the situation and also encouraging people to get the vaccination. But saying that then and parents are coming out an example there from that particular mother of a three-year-old who is choosing which one of her four children to vaccinate because of the cost of that particular vaccine. That story making the Times Ireland edition this morning. And on a healthy note, it seems that those who are eating wholemeal bread and grains, uh, it seems that this is cutting the risk of suffering from three deadly diseases by up to a third. And this is coming from a wide-ranging survey. Uh, people have been urged to eat more unprocessed whole grains as we know and we hear that the whole time when we're speaking with Annalisa and others on this and this study found that if you do eat these unpressed, uh, unprocessed whole grains or unprocessed foods uh, that you can cut the risk of dying from heart disease and cancer as well as diabetes. Also, experts say that the findings suggest the followers of the Atkins-style diets were risking their health and emphasised that people should not be put off eating high-quality foods such as brown breads and cereals by concern about carbohydrate intake. That story also making headlines this morning. And uh, this is something that people always argue over on the different age groups that use social media. Well, it seems people aged over the age of 65 share almost seven times as many fake news articles as young people do on Facebook on average according to another study that has just been out it seems older people are more likely to spread fake news than younger people because the older and conservative learning users of social media platforms post significantly more links to dubious news websites than young liberals on average the research found and the results which are being published as Facebook is finally stepping up efforts to combat fake news uh, indeed have been appointing an independent fact checking on this particular situation and they're scrutinising potentially false stories and false websites that are out there and the full fact will focus on misinformation which might be causing harm and indeed might undermine the democracy in various countries across the world not only here in Ireland also uh, spreading fake news about various health issues or spreading rumours online after serious incidents such as a terrorist attack so they are looking at that within Facebook but just speaking to Bernie there earlier about this before we came on air and she made a very good point that the people of an older generation would trust a lot more and grew up with just television 
and radio in the early days. And whatever you heard on TV and radio more than likely would be true because TV, radio and newspapers especially as well all have to report back to for the papers. It would be the press association or, or, or the press office that deal with the regulation of newspapers. They have to obey by their rules and regulations. And for TV and radio, the broadcast authority uh, monitor daily what output is coming out from TV and radio and to ensure everybody is broadcasting in a fair uh, manner and all of that kind of thing. Whereas online, there is nothing really stopping anybody from putting anything up on Facebook about anybody else or writing a story and just submitting it. And there, if it's shared a number of times, that can be there for the whole world to see. But people of a certain generation, uh, because the trust was there all along from TV and radio and newspapers, which are regulated, would always presume that if you see a story on Facebook and it's the story that could be shared from a link on Facebook, that particular link could be to a website that's just set up by somebody and they decide to write this particular article about something. But the article could be false in places and people just take it for granted that that actually is true. And we've got calls here in the past from people who've seen uh, different information and different news on Facebook about something in a certain area of Cork or across Ireland. And you'd be dubious yourself when you hear uh, what the story is when you go to check it out you realise there's no truth at all in that particular story there may have been a, a different situation in the same location but nothing to do uh, with that particular story so there can be a lot of fake news on Facebook who are indeed themselves aware of this and, and looking at uh, the risk of that is involved uh, but a good point there from Bernie as well the trust issue uh, people aren't more trusting as they are older because they've grown up with that and, and all this Facebook you would think it is regulated but a lot of the stories that appear there are not and basically anybody can write anything on that particular forum and send it off. And speaking of uh, social media, it seems now that people are hooked on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram and it's becoming, uh, as the behaviour of people that are hooked on this is the same behaviours a study has found as drug addicts. So people are addicted to social media and it's as bad as being addicted to drugs according to a new study out. And also I see this morning in the front of the Irish Examiner and this is the Munster and Ireland rugby superstar Conor Murray. He slammed crazy and inaccurate rumours that have been out about him that he failed a drugs test and missed the start of the season because he was quietly serving a ban. Now Murray of course who was signed a three-year contract extension which is worth I think around €2 million during his layoff. He's making um, and, and of course he's one of the, the best plays, best paid players uh, for Munster uh, while he said these rumours were circulating uh, when he was out of action he was out of action because he actually had a neck injury not only affected um, the rumours that is not only affected him but also affected his family when he was just out with that particular neck injury and there was no truth at all uh, that he was doing drugs but the toughest part he did say that his family and friends would hear that and that wasn't very fair so I wasn't aware of those rumours but uh, not very nice when you get those rumours out about you and they're not true so all the best to Connor and of course Munster in action tonight against Gloucester in the Champions Cup 1850-333-103 lines open or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 that issue on gift vouchers discussing that next Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850-333-103 We spoke at the end of last year about laws that were to be introduced to deal with minimum expiry dates on gift vouchers well to get an update on this I'm joined by Dermot Jew of the Consumer Association. Dermot, good morning to you. Good morning, good to talk to you. And thanks for joining us and Happy New Year to you. Now, this is a bugbearer of so many of our listeners and we spoke to you before the end of last year. The laws were going to be approved, but there was a delay because some of the gift card companies had intervened and they were seeking legal advice. What's the latest? Are these laws going to be approved at this stage? 
Um, at this stage, it's still on. It's still under under question and on on, on hold to a degree um, because um, it's uh, in in the intervening period. As you can appreciate, it's been Christmas. Everything has gone relatively quiet um, in in terms of moving forward a bill. And I'm we're 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 generally unsure of what level of discussion has taken place since you and I last spoke. So it still remains um, a situation where. We don't have the bill approved. We don't have any rules or legislation that apply um, to credit notes, um, gift vouchers or gift cards. Um, and we're, we're, we're exactly where we started off. It still is in abeyance. And do we know if the gift card companies were successful in their challenge whereby it looked like they were going to go ahead with the law where there would be an expiry date for maybe five years for gift vouchers but when it came to gift cards themselves that the decrease, that that would remain and that's the way it was looking anyhow uh, the last time we were looking into this and, and speaking to those who, who were involved in discussions they felt it may go that way. Yeah and that made perfect sense. I think one of the issues that's, that's I, I don't know that this is the case but I would, we would hope that there's now consideration. You see, the vouchers, etc., as issued by stores to across-the-counter customers um, on a one-to-one basis, are the, the bill suits those ideally. It's perfect. Five-year term is the way it works. That, that's it. When it comes to the cards, the problem with the cards is that there are so many different variations of cards out there. It's a problem. One card, for example, can be used in a variety of places, um, whether they be restaurants, retailers, shoe stores, um, theatres, any hotels right around the country. Other ones are specific to a store. Other ones are specific to a shopping centre. And trying to find one rule that they can all agree upon. Even I will put my hands up and say, okay, I acknowledge this is not going to be easy. And to explain a little bit further, the ones, for example, um, that are, it's very well known, it's one for all card, and all of your listeners will know it, it's it's probably the most well-known gift card. And what happens with that is, yes, there's a deduction um, after after the uh, from the thirteenth month on, and it's the same with almost every other gift card. But the difference between them is that, for example, one of the gift cards, the one for all, you can, if you have the the the, the potential, you can apply to have the value of that refunded to you. Or two, one of the key elements underpinning it is that there is insurance there that guarantees if the company fails. Your money, if you like, stays um, in, in in good order. It's it's insured. You won't be at a loss. And if you if you come right forward to today or yesterday, where there was the the the, the clarification on a store that was purchased um, by a, a store that suffered a problem, told Irish consumers as a British store, as we all know. Um, they told the Irish consumers and the British con- uh, consumers that look, we we know the business is being sold, but we'll 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 hold the value of your of your vouchers up to a period of time in January, and then they went back and they own, on on their word and they only allowed that to British consumers, but they refused and denied it to Irish consumers. So it's another example of how are we going to manage one law to fit all of these and that's why as i say even i can understand the difficulty but it 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 really does need i suppose in all honesty a very determined minister to 
to pound the table and say, I don't care what you're going to do, you've got to protect the people from whom you took money and there you owe it to them. And that that's the underlying business element that seems to be being ignored. Yeah, and would you be worried that the big companies, like you mentioned there, that they could win out and they could put pressure on the Minister not to bring in one part of the legislation, whereby it looks like the minimum expiry date on just the vouchers itself outside of the cards might probably go ahead. The yeah. gift cards problem that we are having with the decrease in value, that that might be left out this time around. Yes, I would be worried because it's, it's a business model that's, that's huge and um, there is a lot for the business side to lose and by that I mean from from the beginning of this the one key element that was kind of overlooked is the amount of cards vouchers credit notes tokens whatever you want to call them that are simply never um, claimed it's a significant amount of money um, and you have to ask very long and hard questions to get the amount of money that's unclaimed and it goes into millions many millions and this is you know this is underneath us so yes business have a lot to fight for um, and they will fight they continue to do it they took their they took their arguments to various chambers around the country when when uh, business acts in that capacity they really are determined to try to win um so this is not as I say, it's unfortunately, it's become a kind of a battle because I've used the word win there. All I want is for consumers not to lose the money that they paid across the counter, that it vanishes into the pocket of, of, of a retailer after 6, 12 or 24 months. Um, that's kind of a basic principle of simplicity underlying it. It's, it's, it's when they introduced the cards that it became quite a question on a problematic issue. And it's a bit like... I mean, nobody has asked for, and it's interesting, I kind of am hoping that there will be a review of, of everything that everybody um, contributed to when this went out for, for under, under consideration. Because I think what would be rather important, it's been, it's been put upon electrical, and it's been put upon all of the energy providers, that is that if you do not switch um, then you must be notified that you've not switched, that you've been with a company for a period of time. I think it's about time that if we are to find a solution to the card situation, that one of the the, the, the potentials for it would be that if it's coming to the 11th month before it starts to, to have money deducted from it, that some notification should go to the person who purchased the card saying, this card is about to expire. It hasn't been used. That's a very good idea by an email or, or something or, or even a letter to say your card will expire. Well, not expire, but will reduce in value from next month unless you use it. Yeah, that, that would be a good idea. Maybe they might work on that route if they're challenging what's on the offer at the moment. Before I let you go, Dermot, two questions sure. in on gift vouchers uh, as we were speaking about expiry days there. Uh, and this is one example of what happens if you don't use the gift voucher in time. Uh, this is from Margaret who says, I got a gift voucher for a shop last summer in the last six months the shop has closed have I any comeback for the voucher it was for 100 euros so I would have got a good bit of value if I did use it but I didn't in time if the store is closed it's highly unlikely um, in all honesty best to be plain about it that you'll have any benefit whatsoever it might it may be different if the store is closed in, in, in the sense that it's reopened under a new management or something the new management just might accept an approach and say well look we'll give you half the value or something because when when, when people take over a business they, they don't usually take over you know outstanding credit notes or vouchers because they're actually they're usually never made clear to them what they are that they even exist um, so 
the, the honest answer, highly unlikely you'll get any value for it. And uh, finally, Jude, who got a, a, a voucher, I presume over Christmas, for a restaurant. But this particular restaurant only opens four days. And the four days it's open are the four days she always works. So she feels she cannot attend the restaurant before the expiry date, which is in the next two months. Has she any comeback from the restaurant to say that can uh, can she go in and maybe swap it for something else? Or would she just really just have to use it within that four days or give it to someone else? I that voucher will have been sold or given w- under the terms and conditions that look we only open four days um, and to try to if you like work around that is is, is maybe it, it is it's asking asking quite a lot probably one of the best things to do is if it's possible will be to pass it on to family or friends or somebody who would give her the value for it who could visit the, the restaurant um, on those days um, it's it, it's probably the only the only answer there asking the restaurant to give a refund it, it's 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 not as if there's anything wrong it was bought with good intention or it was given and equally it was given with good intention so trying to change the terms and conditions it's, it's unlikely that it will happen and that would have been somewhere in the vault that they only open anyhow for four days if that's all they open for yeah, yeah. okay Demer thank you for that we'll wait and see what happens uh, when and if this law ever actually gets through but for the moment uh, thanks for joining us this morning that's Dermot Jewell there from the Consumer Association uh, Tom has been on to us and he is commenting on what we spoke about yesterday regarding the nurses and one question we put to Liam Conway from the INMO when we spoke to him yesterday morning on the show uh, regarding nurses looking for more money which uh, they have said is pay restoration and not actually more money uh, a lot of people were on to us and we did put this question that if the nurses do get money then you're going to have other parts of the public service who want the same once one part of the public service receives money pressure then is on others uh, to seek the same restoration pay or increase whatever you want to call it and that's one of the reasons that the government were not too inclined to go ahead and look at this pay restoration for nurses because they are really afraid that, that will just go across uh, the public service well uh, Tom is saying wasn't I right about yesterday now once the nurses have come out and said they are going on strike another group of nurses is also joining in and that of course is the Psychiatric Nurse Association uh, they uh, have come out yesterday evening and they have said they are going to also hold strike action. This is to coincide with the stoppage by the INMO and their stoppages will go ahead next month. They say unless realistic approaches are put forward by the government, uh, both unions have come out really and said there's a recruitment and retention crisis in nursing and improvements to pay and conditions are urgently needed. Uh, and uh, with that in mind, when we did say yesterday that the government are rejecting the claims because they feel that if they do go ahead and give the nurses a pay increase or indeed now the Psychiatric Nurses Association, those are part of that union, if they get a pay increase, the government say that is going to have a knock-on claim for others in the public sector. Anyhow, this morning one of our reporters spoke to General Secretary of the Psychiatric Nurses Association, that is Peter Hughes, and he is calling on the government to sit down with the nursing unions and just engage with them. Unless very significant proposals come forward from government and we are calling on government to engage but realistic proposals to prevent this. No nurses ever want to go on strike. We want to ensure that a proper service of high quality is, is there for, for the patients. 
and to ensure that they, they a proper service delivery and care for patients. So why many feel the nurses should be given their pay restoration because of the work they do, the pressure they're under, others can see the government's point of view. And what has happened here is if you give it to one particular sector in the public service, then others will follow. And Tom's point saying that, that is what is happening here. You have the Nurses' Union coming out and now the Psychiatric Nurses' Union is out as well. Who is going to come out next, says Tom on text to 0862103103. And Michael in Castletown Bear saying, Hi John Paul, good morning. Next Tuesday will be D-Day for the folks in the House of Commons when they vote on Theresa May's Brexit deal or not. They have just two choices now, either support Theresa May's deal with the EU or a withdrawal application of a withdrawal. Otherwise, of course, it is just an automatic no deal, a crash out. It's all over bar the shouting, says Michael in Castletown Bear. Yeah, and they don't have much choice there really, do they, on that? It's either support Theresa May or indeed uh, it's a case of crashing out. And if they don't, if nothing is agreed really on next Tuesday uh, and nothing is dealt with with Europe between now and next Tuesday, it seems we could be facing that particular crash. And interesting that Boris Johnson, who was in Dublin yesterday at the Pendulum Summit he did say even and admitted that the Irish government and the Irish could see what would happen down the line and they prepared a lot more uh, than London he openly admitted that yesterday when he was at uh, that particular summit in Dublin 1850 lines open you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 smokeless coal if you're living in the city or urban areas you have no choice but to use this particular coal uh, but it seems that is going to now expand into the county discussing that next you're listening to cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed cork today on c103 text or whatsapp patricia with your comment 086 2103 103 now a lot of talk recently on the carbon tax and cleaning up our environment and air pollution forms part of that and it seems unless we deal with the matter recent stats out say that one person will die prematurely every five seconds from outdoor pollution that is why the burning of smoky coal is being watched and it is an issue with more on this i'm being joined by the county mayor councillor Patrick George Murphy. Good morning to you, Patrick George. Good morning, John Paul, and Happy New Year to And you. many happy returns to you. And this is something that a lot of listeners in city and urban areas will be aware of because in Cork City you can only burn smokeless fuel. And if you were caught burning smoky coal, you can get a fine of up to €5,000. There's now a call for that to be a nationwide ban, which obviously would expand from the city across the county of Cork and you will no longer then be allowed burn smoky coal. Do you agree with this particular proposal? I do, John Paul. I think, you know, it's a public health matter in the end of the day. Um, and obviously air quality is hugely important, especially for people, vulnerable people who have maybe, you know, respiratory problems, asthma and things like that. Um, and like the stats stack up, you know, the OECD um, have um, have come out and said that, you know, if we don't deal with it, uh, someone could die every five seconds, which I think you said that in your intro. Um, and our own Environment Protection Agency would echo those kind of um, those kind of figures that um, unless we clean up the air and the air quality, that it will affect. And I suppose it affects vulnerable people more than anybody else. People with health issues. Yeah. So how soon do you think that here in in Cork County will Cork County Council follow the city before the national ban? Could we see uh, here in the county areas of Cork uh, that smokeless fuel will only be used before the end of this year? No. We, our intention really is to um, dovetail with the national legislation. Uh, it exists obviously in the greater metropolitan area of Cork. 
which includes county areas like Carrigaline and Glenmire, Blarney and uh, Ballincollig. But there, it, I, we, we won't be um, expanded until the legislation is there to underpin it. You know, that's that's the intention um, of Cork County Council, uh, because there'll be no legislative framework to enforce it. So there's no point in, in, in expanding it until you have that in place. Yeah, so you'll, you'll wait with the national, what they're doing nationally, and that, of course, is to bring a low smoke zone across the entire country of Ireland. What would you say then to those maybe but listening? I suppose, yeah. yeah, I suppose, like, but there's still choices can be made, even though the legislation mightn't be there. People mm-hmm. can still make the choice to use low, uh, low smoke uh, coal um, in the interim, and knowing that they're contributing to the air quality of, of Ireland and the air quality of Cork. Um, and I suppose we're doing a pretty uh, extensive awareness campaign around that so that people can make we hope what is the right choice um, for, for the citizens of Cork and the citizens of Ireland Yeah and a lot of people even looking at text here are saying that uh, they do prefer using smokeless coal because they know themselves if they have weak lungs or if they're not great with, with smoke in general they prefer that because they see the difference but what about yeah. those then that don't want to go down this road who still rather the old coal as a lot of people are putting it here on text the smoky coal that they use even though it is a hazard to the environment and many feel they would want to stick with that and at the moment they can they have that choice but in a few yeah. years time they may not have that choice for example John here says uh, that smokeless coal he doesn't feel it's great and he says you can't get heat out of it okay um i i, I, I thought there were there were it was fairly well advanced now and that the quality of it was quite good but look i suppose everybody has their own personal experience of using both or either but i suppose you know our our environment spc um we're we under the chairmanship of kevin murphy uh, councillor kevin murphy from kinsale have done an awful lot of work on this and it certainly is the right way to go john paul um, and i'm sure the, the low smoke products will be will, will be will be improving as time goes by you know um, yeah and do you know actually if it's dearer to buy smokeless coal I presume it can't be that much dearer but I don't know what the price is it's not it, no? it's, min- it's minimal enough John Paul I think someone said to me it's about a euro on the large bag of coals okay. you know something like 1850 versus 1950 something in that region but I suppose we must we must bear in mind too that you know this, the whole carbon legislation will be coming in and I would imagine that there will eventually be um, penalties on um, using the, the, the smoky coal as such but in the end of the day I think what's going to happen is that I think the plan no you know you just you're not sure how quickly this legislation can go through the doll and stuff but that by by 2019 there'll be a nationwide ban um, uh, and then obviously there will have been you know like there'll be a lot of um, smoky coal in the system it'll take about a year for that to work its way out mm-hmm. while there'll, there'll be a ban on the importation of smoky coal and when it, probably about a year later all that would have washed its way out of the system and have been sold and moved on and then everything else coming in then will be, will be low smoke and a big change as well for those who sell coal across the county because they'll have to change the market and, and change what they sell. Uh, so a big awareness campaign you'd expect from Cork County Council this year to make people aware yeah, of the change yeah. because, as you say, yeah. this year it won't happen. It might happen for importing, but not for, for people in general in their household. But next year is when the change will come. And then I yeah. presume the council can, when it does come in eventually, when the legislation is passed, that they could issue fines in the county from the county council and county hall of between 1,000 and 5,000 euros that people do face in the city. Yes, but I suppose that's not the trust of our focus, to be honest with you, John Paul. We are really about awareness building and dealing with the suppliers. The suppliers is where, if you, you know, if you can only supply smoke, low smoke coal, then 
people can make the wrong choice, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's going to eventually wash its way into 2021. 20, um, so, um, like, we have that option about finding people, but it's not our focus, to be honest, we're focus on awareness raising and, and educating people, telling them what the risks of using uh, smoky coal are and just trying to make, you know, give them the information to make the right choice, which we think it is the right choice for the environment, but also for their own environment in their own homes, you know, that's, um, you know, burning smoky coal in, in, in your own home isn't great either. Yeah, you know and more I mean? of an education process so t- for Absolutely. people uh, rather Absolutely. than straight away issuing fines and scaring yeah. people is what you're saying. Okay, very Absolutely. finally, County Mayor for the last number of months now at this stage, yeah. how is that all going for you? A lot of travelling, I see you on, on Twitter in various parts of the county. It's a big yeah. county to cover and how is it going for you? How have the first nearly six months been for you? It's six months now, yeah. It's, exactly. It's, it's a very pretty <laughs> full on now to be honest with you, John Paul. Um, but very enjoyable, you know. You get to see every nook and cranny of Cork County, and uh, it's amazing. Like I think, you know, what inspires me is the is the community involuntary activity in every town, village, and 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 and, and community in, in in Cork. It's 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 great to see the amount of work that's being done by communities who take pride in their communities, and that's probably what uh, I have got the most pleasure out of and, and been blown away by. To be honest with you, you know, um, and seeing the work of so groups, many areas, that, development that, groups, um, yeah. you know. Chambers of Commerce, all these groups are just absolutely fantastic. And it really opens your eyes as to, as to the community spirit that exists as live and as well in Cork, you know. Um, and there's been a lot of highlights too, you know, different times. I might come on and talk to you about it a, a, a few more of them another time, a few more time. Um, but it's been very, very uh, interesting, very, very rewarding, challenging, but very rewarding. And, um, um, another six months to go Well so. I know you've another event to get to by 11 so I'll leave you go and get to that but for the moment thanks for joining us this morning on that issue of the smokeless coal that is the County Mayor uh, Councillor Patrick Jared Murphy on that particular issue and it seems uh, listening to him there that even though uh, in, in city areas there can be a fine of 1,000 to 5,000 euros if you are caught burning uh, the smoky coal as they say uh, in the county uh, that initially won't be the aim it will be more of an education they'll be trying to get uh, and educate people on why you should be going the smokeless coal route rather than burning smoky coal. Now, they will have to implement fines if people keep doing that, but initially it seems they will be going down the route of basically educating people rather than issuing fines straight away. Anyhow, your views on that? Do you rather using the old type smoky coal? Or what's your view on smokeless coal? 1850-333-103. Friday morning, good morning to you. Burnley takes your calls and comments. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And I just got a text in on our WhatsApp in either uh, from somebody who has lost a teddy and it's a much loved teddy this is the rain that has been on to us uh, by WhatsApp and it's a battered uh, but much loved teddy they say and it's uh, it's a pink in colour uh, and big blue eyes on this particular teddy now this teddy was lost in the Woody's area of the Kinsale Road on Thursday so yesterday it was lost um, the name is, of the teddy is called Tickles now obviously the teddy won't answer back to you but that is the name of the teddy and it's her son who is autistic has lost the teddy and is lost without her so if anybody maybe who was in and around the Woody's area 
and that is the Woody's store, the DIY store uh, of the Kinsale Road, that particular branch. If you're in and around that particular estate and maybe you've come across this pink teddy, uh, all I can say is it's, it's pink in colour with big blue eyes and it is a kind of an antenna sticking out of its head and it's a much loved teddy uh, for Lorraine's son. So if anybody can help us out with that, please do so. If you maybe have found it or maybe you were working in that particular area and came across it or maybe you've seen it lying somewhere uh, let us know and we can pass that on to those uh, to the particular family who were looking for that particular teddy uh, missing again from the Woody's area that's the DIY store in the Kinsale Road 1850-333-103 a lot of comments in on various issues I'll get to those in a while just a bit of help on this one and this might be a bit of a strange one but if anybody can help us because we've been in I've uh, got an email uh, from those in Clude you know Clude the uh, housing agency and uh, they have a, a location in Carrigtool and where the location in Carrigtool is there's a lake very near the location so if you know where Clude is in Carrigtool I think it could be in and around the Castle Lake area of Carrigtool I don't know if there's any more lakes in Carrigtool but I presume it's in and around that particular area and what is after happening here is uh, the residents a lot of them would take their daily walk around the lake and each year they have two swans who mate at the lake and usually then there's five or six cygnets as a result of that so down through the years the tenants have enjoyed a huge engagement with the particular swans they've been feeding them and whatever and they even cross the road now the swans and come right up to the front door and give the nod for some food uh, but at the moment now it seems there's only one signet left with its parents because what seems to be happening is uh, that even though the siblings now possibly they don't know if it's a he or she but the siblings anyway have left and usually by now they would have all gone but possibly this little guy or girl didn't grow as fast as the others so the parents have stayed with this particular signet until he's ready to literally fly the coop but two outsides ones have currently taken occupation of the lake and they've effectively driven the normal residents, that's the family of three, so that's the two swans uh, with their signet, they've basically moved that particular family from their home. This means though it has cut them off from their food supply and over the past week they have been encamped day and night on the grass verge running alongside the roadside and footpath adjacent to the lake fearful it seems of the new swans. Now the residents in the area have been watching out for them they've been feeding them uh, but they are very concerned about these particular swans. Now, they have been in contact with animal agencies who we know ourselves are under-resourced and at the moment, uh, no action has been taken, but they, they obviously do know that these agencies may not have the resources to intervene with this particular situation. Uh, but they are keen to help the swans, so that's why they have turned to us to see, does anybody know out there what advice or what is needed to help these particular swans Uh, to them it seems like a unique situation but perhaps for somebody listening or someone in the know it might not be so unique so should they just let nature take its course or should they intervene and rehouse the swans they want to know what they uh, can do in that situation so basically just to recap again you have this lake in Carrigtool near the Clue developments and on the lake every year swans come and go they have their signets and the signets fly off as well and they go but this year for some reason one particular young swan uh, hasn't what they feel is fully developed so the parents the two swans have remained at the lake with the one signet left and with that they're hopefully that that particular young swan will fly the coop but he hasn't as yet 
And because they're all there on the lake, the three of them, the two swans and the signet, uh, these other two swans had basically come into the lake and forced these usual swans out. Is that normal? Have you any advice for these particular people in Carrigatool? What should they do? Because they're worried about the swans now, who it seems are just living on the roadside and uh, have no access to food, even though the residents are looking after them. But they're, they're fearful uh, for the wildlife. So uh, if you have any information on that or where they can go to, if there's a different organisation out there that might deal with swans, let us know. 1850-333-103, if we can be a help to someone who may know about those particular ones. And uh, back to the issue of a smokeless coal. We spoke earlier with the County Mayor, Councillor Patrick Gerard Murphy, on how we could see over the next year, slowly introduction of smokeless coal across the county. But by the year after, by 2020, it seems uh, it could be enforced that all areas of Ireland under national legislation, which will be commencing shortly, and when that comes through the doll, uh, all areas of Ireland will be under a low smoke zone. Uh, so it seems what's currently in the city suburbs and urban areas whereby you can only use smokeless coal and if you don't if you use smoky coal you can face a fine of between 1,000 to 5,000 euros uh, that will also be expanded now across the county. Now on the fine aspect of that initially uh, the county mayor said that's not what the council are after. there. They want to educate people first and then of course if there is people who constantly flout the law there will be fines but their big issue here is to educate people so people know that they will eventually have to use smokeless coal and it will be a nationwide ban on smoky coal well on that a lot of people uh, in by text of mixed views uh, John and Carrick Lyons says that none or no smoke coal uh, is pure rubbish feels John uh, he feels that it's hard to light and there is no heat out of the smokeless coal. Why should it be more expensive than smoky coal? If anything, it should be a lot cheaper, feels John in Carrigaline. A lot of other comments uh, similar to John with their views. And Noel, though, is asking, what makes it unsmoky? As Mary Jones is asking, uh, how smoke is made low smoke? How does that actually happen? And if the process is environmentally friendly? Well, on that, we did a bit of research and it seems smokeless coal, it's an anthracite. It's basically, is used, which is a hard, shiny form of fuel that burns with a maximum efficiency and gives a glowing flame. Now, the manufactured smokeless fuels are often, it seems, anthracite-based and with the natural product ground down into powder, they then reform these interbriquettes using, uh, using even smokeless binding agents and that can be used such as starch. So even though that's very technical now there, what I'm going through, uh, that's how smokeless coal is actually manufactured. So uh, it would seem that it is, it should be the new form of smokeless coal that is out there. Speaking to Bernie, who is using smokeless coal at the moment, uh, she feels, yes, years ago, there was products out there. Some came, she says, in a blue bag and older smokeless coal products were not fantastic and would not give great heat and were hard to light. But the latest, in the last few years, uh, the latest batch of smokeless fuels are good, are light and Bernie's have had no problems with her smokeless coals. Anyway, I know people uh, that live in urban and city areas who light fires. Uh, they've also had no issue in the last number of years uh, with smokeless coal. It seems in, in the last four to five years it has improved. So whereby people might have tried that a number of years ago, it does seem now, in especially the last two years, it has improved whereby smokeless coal, there's no difference seemingly between smokeless coal and smoky coal. The only difference is, of course, is that there isn't as much smoke coming uh, from 
from the smokeless coal and it does improve the environment so, but that is coming into the county areas uh, not this year but probably next year but you will see a lot of notices and a lot of education about that across Cork County over 2019 thank you for your calls and texts regarding that and another text Ron this is what we spoke about yesterday on the show remember we spoke with Patrick Tobin uh, Padder, a former Sinn Féin TD. Well, he's still a TD, but a former Sinn Féin member. He's a TD for Meath West and he is setting up a new political party. He feels there's a need for a new political party and he was having a meeting last night at the Oriel House Hotel in Badding College where a person who went along to that meeting uh, said there was over 200 in attendance, mostly rural males uh, and uh, an older age group according to this particular texter. Now, the party, as we heard, is registered and the name is in, uh, but it is is to be left centre party so as he said to us yesterday it does seem to look like the party aim will be of a left centre party and already over 1400 people have signed up and at the meeting they said they they intend at this stage anyhow to contest the next local elections so it seems we'll have another new political party for the local elections which are due to take place in May of this year and I'm not too sure how many of you ring director inquiries for phone numbers still a lot of people now just seem to search on their phones and when you search on your phones you can ring uh, from your phone when the phone number comes up on on Google or whatever you search it on you can actually ring from the phone without typing in the number so I don't know if people still use 11811 or those particular services as much but Barbara in the city does and she phones 11811 to get a number and she got an answering machine which told her the office was closed from 9pm to 6pm on Saturday and Sunday. She's asking what kind of service is that? Uh, I'm not too sure why they have reduced the times there. I would presume though it is a lot of people now are, are using the internet. Now I know a lot of people can't use the internet and a lot of people don't want to use it or can't go online or don't have smartphones uh, but I would presume since the majority of people have uh, that the service between 9pm and 6pm uh, well I presume, maybe, I presume it's 9pm to 6am maybe it, it, when she was ringing but I presume at that particular time overnight and late evenings uh, was there a lack of calls coming to that particular call centre and did they feel that while they were employing people and having people on site and having the building open was there a need for the amount of calls they were getting is that why they have reduced the opening hours of eleven eight eleven? I would presume that is one of the reasons on why they have done that uh, let us know if you still used those particular directory inquiry services 1850-333-103 and a lot of talk about rubbish over this week on the show well Alfie is in Kilmeade and he was driving to Skibbereen yesterday and he saw a man tidying up, putting rubbish in green bags and on the way back he saw him again and he had over 12 big bags filled. He was working all on his own and he was a few kilometres outside of Lep. So well done to that particular person uh, for whoever you are. Well done to you cleaning up the rubbish in the Skibbereen area. Uh, I presume between maybe Skibbereen, Lep and the Kilmeen area. So well done to you uh, on uh, picking up the rubbish uh, in that particular area and having over 12 big bags filled by the time Alfie was going back again and that was just outside Lep and Heidi Yon and this was to, going back to the issue of coal and she said I have to laugh listening to you and the county mayor about carbon from coal and if you remember a few weeks back there was a big meeting of all countries in Poland about the environment and where was that held? If I remember it was a 
about 70 miles from a Polish coal mine and the thing with that I think it's the Chinese and the Japanese are also uh, reopening uh, and they're going to start burning uh, carbon again and they're going to start setting up the big huge chimneys we had uh, and the smoke coming out of those big chimneys that, that is going to restart again in China and Poland and you will think uh, that with all the various countries in the world countries such as China which is a huge country well if they're not abiding uh, or obeying the carbon situation we find ourselves in if us here in Ireland, a small country, are we going to make that much of a difference by obeying it? No, we have to. We have to obey and we have to make a difference and we'll do our part to do that. But you'd wonder about the bigger countries who have a huge population and if they are going down different routes, then what of a hope have we trying to change things when it comes to a world forum? Anyhow, uh, thank you for your WhatsApp ID to 0862103103. We'll be dealing with the issue of insurance. Are you noticing your insurance premiums still increasing because they want to tackle this particular issue of fraud? which they say in the insurance industry is increasing our premiums and also they want reform in our legal system. We'll speak with them next. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a person who's wanted for an immediate start on a poultry farm near Ross Carberry. Now, it may suit part-time farmers. You can contact Ashleen on 87 An Arctic truck driver is wanted for full or part-time positions on a large tillage farm. It's a full clean Arctic licence is essential and please call 87 2597738 for further information and the Cork Association for Autism require care support workers the closing date for the application is Monday 21st of January at 2pm if you want further details you can contact Sarah Jane and she's on 021-4533-642 and you'll find these details and further job opportunities now if you go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now the insurance industry has called for greater measures to tackle fraudulent uh, compensation claims within the insurance industry. John Byrne is from the Insurance Federation and joins me. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Now, we have discussed this numerous times before on the show. Uh, fraudulent claims uh, coming to insurance companies seems to be on the increase. And no matter how many insurance companies try and tackle this issue, it still is continuing on. It seems now a lot of these payouts from the insurance side of things is because you have solicitors and judges deciding on the actual legal cost and indeed on the outcome of these particular cases. Do we need to look as well at our legal system now compared to how the insurance company handled these claims? I think there are a number of solutions to this issue. Um, yesterday was the second anniversary of a government report which aimed to look at all of these issues. It was called the Cost of Insurance Working Group Report. And two years on, we're essentially saying that many of the key recommendations, the key things that need to happen, they're incomplete. And unfortunately, we don't have a timeline for when they are going to be delivered. Um, just to take two areas in particular, if, if you, the key issue in Ireland in terms of the cost of insurance claims is is our level of compensation for personal injury awards and the cost of settling those claims. So legal fees and the cost you have in the system. And there are two solutions to that issue, really. One is what's called a judicial counsel bill, which would be uh, which would allow for a group of judges to set new guidelines on personal injury compensation. And the second is a bill to give new powers to the Personal Injuries Assessment Board to allow it to handle more claims and to take costs out of the system. Now, both the 
Judicial Council bill was due to be completed by the end of 2018. Unfortunately, it hasn't been. So we need urgency in terms of and clarity in terms of when that's going to be passed. Similarly, with the Injuries Board bill, we need a timeline for when that's going to happen. And I think for for your listeners, both from those who are business owners or those who are policyholders. They'll all be aware that this is a big competitiveness issue for business. It's also a cost of living issue for uh, policyholders. So there is a need for urgency in 2019. There are a lot of issues, but we have agreed solutions. It's about getting on implementing them. So getting the solutions working at this stage, because we, we are aware when it comes to legal side of things that in this country, for various claims, the UK, for example, uh, will give so much for whiplash, whereas I think here we pay out four times as much for whiplash. So those reviews do need to be sorted once and for all, uh, because it is the fact that you mentioned the cost of living. Householders, and indeed, especially those driving, are paying for that in their premiums. And one text here from Jerry, uh, who is saying that I was paying a a lower price when I was in my early 20s for insurance I'm now in my late 30s and I'm paying a higher price I, I think there's a, there's a lot of truth in that I think the issue is that if you look at where we've been before uh, in the early 2000s we had a significant issue in terms of um, insurance costs and the government got to grips with it they set up the personal injury assessment board there were a lot of good actions in terms of improving road safety and so on and insurers responded in terms of uh, uh, costs and, but what we've seen in recent years is the cost of claims have become a real issue again. Over uh, just last year, Justice Nicholas Kearns, the former president of the High Court, produced a report. It was called the Personal Injuries Commission. And like you just said there, exactly, it found that what we pay for our most common injuries from motor, which are soft tissue whiplash, about eight out of every 10 are, are, are injury claims arising from motor are soft tissue whiplash. We pay 4.4 times what they pay in the UK. So we pay over 17,000 where they pay approximately 4,000 in, in, in the UK. Like that's a significant difference. And that's the cost. And not only that, the Personal Injuries Commission report found that if you look at all paid claims uh, for the years it benchmarked our data, which we provided for 2015, 2016 and 2017, the average award has gone up at a, by about €900 Euro per year. So there is a cost to an action here. Yeah, now you worried when you mentioned there earlier on uh, about the the actions that are going to be taken. I'm reading this morning in the Irish Daily Mail that the ministers, it seems, have abandoned plans to crack down on the Garda fraud unit, uh, which would also help nail motor insurance cheats. Uh, it seems that the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, is against the unit because it will be funded by the insurance industry and not the taxpayer. Uh, what's your view on that? It's just coming out that that news this morning coming out, which could change things when you look at what is being tried to be achieved with the insurance industry and indeed the government? We were disappointed to hear that. Um, I think when it comes to insurance fraud, it's first of all about deterring potential fraudulent claims. Then if they do exist, then you detect them and, and there are plenty of means to do that. Insurers invest a lot in doing it. And then ultimately, if a claim has been found to be fraudulent by by the courts, if it's appropriate, then prosecution should follow. And what we try to do with the in supporting the the, Garda, the proposed Garda unit. Essentially, two years ago, in that report we just mentioned uh, that was published two years ago, they asked the insurance industry to examine measures which where we could work uh, with the Garda in terms of identifying new means of uh, addressing fraud. And we conducted an analysis of what works elsewhere and a cost-benefit analysis yet as well. And what works well is in the UK, they have a system, the City of London Police, it's called Insurance Fraud Investigative Department or Enforcement Department. And 
they've shown very good results in terms of uh, identifying fraudulent cases uh, and then taking action on it. Uh, arrests and prosecutions and so on have followed. They have complete operational independence. Insu- the insurance industry essentially writes the check for it, but it has no say in terms of policing decisions. And we said we would fund uh, such a unit here in Ireland. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. We wrote to the minister approximately last June Unfortunately, we're just hearing now that uh, that's not going to be taken up. We are disappointed, as I said, but the minister has said that he is going to look at some other solution. So we'll be keen to get more information on it. We think it's an important area and we're not going to ease up on our work on fraud, certainly. Okay, and are you happy to see that some of the insurance companies, I know there's a number of them out there who are tackling this themselves as well and bringing people to justice and looking at fraudulent cases and and looking at them by hiring detectives and that kind of thing. Are you happy that's happening within the insurance industry while we wait for all these new laws to happen, that companies themselves now are are taking the law into their own hands in, in one extreme, I suppose, to deal with this? You're seeing a lot of activity from insurers almost every week in, in, in the papers, but I think that's just that's just in some ways it's the tip of the iceberg in terms of the actual work that goes into these cases. Um, insurers will invest a lot of uh, time and energy in, in investigating a claim to see if there are inconsistencies and so on. I think it is all, it's important to say, though, that the vast majority of claims are genuine and people deserve appropriate compensation. But where there are fraudulent claims, people expect insurers to respond and to investigate these claims because it it comes to the integrity of the system and trust in the system. So that's very important. But also it does come back to the level of award. If if we're paying 4.4 times um, what is paid in the UK for a compensation award for a soft tissue whiplash injury, that can incentivise fraud in some areas or in some respects. And it is really important that we look at, as a society, what's an appropriate level of compensation for an injury. And that's why the, comp- the Judicial Council bill, which has been delayed, is so important because that it's essentially saying it's up to uh, a group of judges to determine what's an appropriate level of award, what's a sustainable level of award, 
And these these are wider societal questions. It, it, it's a societal question now. We have to determine what, what we're willing to afford, or what we can afford and what's sustainable. And training in the legal sector as well and how to deal with this instead of pushing all these through courts to m- talk to the judges, talk to the solicitors and, and have them think before they go off and and decide what amount of money should be given out for something. Uh, just speaking of fraudulent claims, I'm sure you've heard of this happening before. Uh, Jude on text here saying that the other day her friend uh, was driving on a certain road in Cork uh, when the person in front of them, that this seemed to be kind of a rural road, stopped all of a sudden. They didn't know this person and he started reversing and reversing towards them. So they reversed back and luckily there was a road nearby that they could reverse back onto. Uh, seemingly afterwards when they were telling people living in that particular area, it's a common thing that people reverse into people and then all of a sudden there's a claim because of, as you know from insurance, if you go into the back of someone, uh, you're responsible and seemingly these people doing this were going along, reversing into people and then claiming with nobody around uh, that this person rever- or drove into the back of me and then there's a claim and seemingly before uh, they have one out. I mean, it's, it's instances like this uh, that must be very infuriating for yourselves in your industry. You're right. It, it's a big concern. Uh, you'll have seen on, on primetime and other programmes in, in recent years where examples have been given of different types of insurance fraud and it ranges from, I suppose, uh, low-level exaggerate, exaggeration right up to, let's say, stage crashes and so on. But it does come back to the point that while insurers are doing a lot to investigate these claims and to stop them where they can, and ultimately what insurers will try and do is, like you mentioned, they'll stop trying to stop these claims ever reaching a court. So if there's an inconsistency in, in the evidence presented, they'll try and address that claim and stop it earlier because um, that will mean you're not incurring costs in defending it, and that's really important. But it is also a balance to be struck as well. You have to be able to deter people from p- making um, potentially fraudulent claims. So there has to be a penalty for somebody if they do, if they are found to be uh, ha- having uh, submitted a fraudulent claim. So that, that's important. But it, it does come back to what is the incentive. And the incentive at the moment in Ireland is that our claims costs, uh, our, 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 our compensation levels are very high uh, relative to the UK. So I think... We have to look at that as a real issue. We have the means to do it. We have an agreed response. The Personal Interest Commission was the way to do it. And now we have the legislation. So it's just a matter of getting on with implementing it. And 2019 is a really important year. OK, and very finally, a good few texts from people who feel that a lot of this is waffle and that they have had high premiums from insurance companies. They switched either in a broker or themselves and they got the cover back to what it was originally when they joined that company maybe five years ago. An example here was someone's insurance was €900. Euros. They went to another company and they got it for €400. Euros. Is there still an issue outside of claims for companies or do you feel that some companies are affected more by these claims and that's why they're premiums are higher? Every company will have their own claims experience, but your customers, it's really important that they shop around. Mm. If, 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 as for any product, if you shop around, you'll get the best value. You'll have the, you'll have the most choice and then you'll get the best value. So I think it's, it's important for customers. January is an important time when uh, renewals, a lot of renewals take place, so customers should shop around for the best value for them. OK, John, well, well, sure, it's an issue that will continue on across 2019. We'll, we'll see what reform comes this year. Uh, for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning. John Byrne there from the Insurance Federation. Our lines are open, 1850-333-103. Your views on that? Have you noticed your insurance going up? 
or, or do you feel it's nothing got to do with it? Like some people, uh, this person here on text saying, comparing the UK to an Irish accident compensation is not on. If injured in an accident in hospital, treatment was state provided up to recently. So that isn't an insurance claim included. I've driven for 40 years accident free. No claim. Two years ago, my premium jumped from 460 euro to 940 euro. I switched brokers and the same insurance insurance company covered me for 450 euro. Ridiculous media waffle uh, by those insurance companies, uh, says that particular texter. Uh, While another texter says, I was with a particular company for a number of years. My insurance was going up and up and up. I did switch and I got my insurance, which usually was 700 euros for 500 euros. So I agree, everybody must go and shop around. Uh, Dan on text saying, insurance is continuing increasing. Yes, I do agree. Claims have to be part of it. There is too many people I know myself, says Dan, uh, that have been injured in a particular car accident and have received money. Now, it might not be as high as we've mentioned on this interview, but he said they have received money. And I should not know so many people in my area that have got money from a car accident. So Dan feels that there is a culture of compo in this country. We have followed America. And Dan says the Irish people just need to cop on when it comes to blame and it comes to claiming off somebody. We're going to very nasty nation, says Dan, uh, who continues on with his text on what he feels the Irish public are becoming. Uh, thank you for your text, Dan, on 86 More comments uh, and indeed texts and the WhatsApps in regarding insurance. I'll get to those in a while. Uh, but also, if we can bit of help here for somebody. First of all, this is a person who was on a train yesterday from Cork to Dublin and they found the phone. So this phone was found on the Cork to Dublin train yesterday around three o'clock. The owner of the phone is a girl named Jill and they got off. This person, the phone, the actual phone got off at the train station in Mallow. So if your name is Jill and you lost your phone on the Cork to Dublin train, give us a call here. We have the person who found the phone. So your phone might, uh, well, we, ha- we don't have your phone, but this person that contacted us has your phone. Uh, we can reunite you. Just give us a call here. 1850 if you lost your phone yesterday on the Cork to Dublin train and also uh, another bit of help here for someone uh, that is looking for anyone that has a cooker uh, that is working and that they don't need it's for someone who is in badly of need of a cooker and they have small children so they need a cooker so anybody out there who has a cooker that is working perfectly but they don't want it maybe a spare cooker you don't use or maybe you've done up your kitchen recently and you've got a new cooker and you have an old one sitting somewhere in the house that you maybe are going to do something with well uh, there is a family here who could do with a particular cooker as they have small children in that family we have their details as well if you want further information on that give us a call 1850 but that new initiative for rural Ireland we'll hear about that next Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 2103 now Dr Tom Kavna from Fermoy has announced a new initiative for rural Ireland and to explain more he joins me this morning on the programme Good morning to you, Tom. Good morning, John. And thanks for joining us. Now, we and locals here in the Cork area will be familiar with the Tomar Trust, which yourself and your late wife uh, set up. At, uh, and this is where uh, this particular trust is coming in to help projects in rural Ireland. Now, you were on Ray Darcy's TV show last Saturday, so many people would have seen you mention this briefly on the show. Uh, so, so what is this about? I mean, why do you think the money from this trust can make rural Ireland better? And what kind of projects are we looking at here? Yeah, okay. Well, now, 
John, uh, I, what I would like to know is to, to be back on the show again in a few months' time, because Tomar is only really a facilitator here. We're setting this thing up. We don't, we don't uh, have the answers. Maybe nobody has them really, but we don't, we don't have any real objectives at this juncture. So I'll just give you a, a very quick outline to uh, try and uh, explain what we're about. Mm-hmm, please do. Yeah, uh, we're going to set up. Um, this, is it going to happen all right? I mean, the funding is there. It's set on one side. And we, as I say, we'll, we'll kickstart it. We have kickstarted it. It's, it's already on the way. So at the moment, what we have is, for the next three months, we'll have a project manager, a temporary appointment, and an advisory body. And their job will be to, to, to contact all the existing organizations and the government and everybody else that's, that's doing, we'll say, maybe disconnected things for rural Ireland and try and pull together, you know, a better plan out of it to try and get, get all the brains together, get some academic people, planners as well involved, and say, look, what really would make a difference? What would turn us around? Um, and, but you see, at this stage, we don't know what that would be. So, so are you looking for people maybe to get in contact with you yourselves on what ideas they have to bring a new initiative well, like this to rural areas? Or, be, yeah. Project Manager is already doing that. He's already spoken with a lot of organisations and um, uh, what would happen at the end of three, uh, well, during the three months is that there would be a public conference uh, which which everybody would be invited. Uh, for the moment, it's kind of on a one-to-one basis. But at the end of the job, during the period, two months' time, maybe three months' time, there'll be a public conference and they'll try to come to a conclusion as to what should be done at that point. And then they'll appoint a chief executive to carry it out. And that chief executive then will be the main person that will overlook of where exactly. everything will go to. Exactly, going yeah. public on everything and so on. And I mean, I repeat, Tomer is only facilitating all this. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we have some experience, we have some knowledge. I will be very a very interested party, and and maybe just to go a step further, I I'm out of it. I'm, I have to do a bit of a spouting <laughs> as the reality show, but I'm I'm retired. Uh, but uh, you, you are interested though, because you know you're from Fermoy. You are interested in seeing rural Ireland remain alive. Well, very much personally, yeah. very much interested. I mean, I'm oh yes, I'm absolutely very interested, but but I'm not going to be I'm easy seven. So and I'm almost blind, so I won't be doing any work. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why the CEO yeah. will be brought in. You'll you'll have him do doing the work and, yeah, and hopefully setting already, this up. I already, the trust already has a CEO anyway. This is the trust itself. And with within the just outside the trust at the moment and for yourself because you've been involved in so many areas over the years that has led to this trust and has led to facilities and I know you have people uh, CEOs of the trust and you're looking for a CEO for this new initiative but for yourself your own view on rural Ireland Tom I mean are you fearful for the future when a lot of people feel uh, that villages is, is particularly at the moment in some areas uh, may have no post office may have no bank and you know all oh, that might be there might be a pub uh, they're fearful for the future and, and especially with new regulation coming in for various things over the last number of years and more to come. What's your view on the future of rural Ireland? Is it still still as passionate that it can be retained uh, for the future? Well, I'll answer that that in one sentence. There are different kinds of rural villages and towns. 
And unfortunately, some will survive and some won't. But I think you have to plan for both. You have to have uh, a plan for the ones that are going to grow. They'll grow because maybe they're within commuting areas of, of, of cities um, or because they're in scenic areas or they're on main roads or whatever else. But you have ones that, you know, that will find it hard. You can't swim against the tide. Uh, if, if, if they're going to be smaller, they're going to be smaller. But let's not have them all boarded up, you know, to try and keep their main streets looking well anyway and so on. So that'll be a different kind of plan. So we'll have some growing and some fading. So we'll have, we'll have different ways of approaching a solution to each. But there is a solution for each. It's all different. What we'd be looking at, of course, in the community is everybody. We wouldn't be looking at any vested interests or at any, any shops or, or, or farmers or people of that nature. We'd be looking at young and old, affluent, struggling. Uh, it doesn't matter what the background is, people who are special needs and people who are very intelligent. We'd like to get all parts of the community. And, of course, the main street is a vital part of, of, of any uh, small village. Uh, that's where that's the heart of it. That's where people meet. That's where the community spirit is born, if you like. Uh, you have to have a centre. And uh, older town shopping is, is uh, you know, has done a lot of damage in that area. You might say people like it, and you can't again stop it. But uh, it would be great if we keep some significant activity going in the centre of these places. So all that will come out of the thinking and seeing what does in other villages. I saw myself a bit in Italy. Um, they, they have very old town centres, of course, because most of their towns were kind of built in the Middle Ages. But they don't let them die. I mean, the government plan there is you only have outer town shopping when when there's no space for it inside or, uh, you know, if it just can't be accommodated in that way. But they don't welcome outer town shopping. They, they, they make it very difficult. And uh, that way they keep the town centres vibrant. And, yeah. um, you know, it keeps the spirit going. Yeah, and keeps the area busy. And, and a lot of people are texting in and they're very happy that something anyhow yeah. is being proposed for rural Ireland that will bring yeah. groups together and sustain rural communities. Uh, before I let you go, Tom, you must have been very happy this week. Your own form for my being the cleanest town oh, yeah. in Ireland yeah. in the eyeball survey, which of course <laughs> yeah, you set up. Yeah. <laughs> A great okay. achievement. And you see, John, just to finish what we will do, we'll learn from the eyeball. What made eyeball a success? was that we went public on the assessment of, of progress. When we were at the start of the IBEL program, we were we were getting nowhere, really. Mm. When we really started to make progress was when we produced a league table. And nobody wanted to be at the bottom of the league table. Everybody wanted to get out of the bottom. And whatever about getting to the top, everybody wanted to get the bottom. Now, we'll do the same with this. We'll, when, when we set up this and we get a plans different kinds of plants for different kinds of towns and villages, different sizes. Uh, we'll, we'll assess them every, say, every year. We'll go public on that. And we'll say, we'll get independent uh, adjudicators, as we, as we do in the National League. We have Ontaska do the measuring for us. Uh, we'll get independent adjudicators to measure the performance of the rural island plan. And, uh, you know, year one, we'll... we'll we will, we'll, uh, I suppose, try to assess it in such a way that if it's going well, fine. If it's not, well, now let's do something about it. Just don't let it drift. 
Yeah, well, it's a great initiative, uh, Tom, and well done for thinking of it. Uh, and as you said, setting the whole thing up initially, and then somebody else is obviously going to carry on the work. But for yourself, uh, Tom, thank you for joining us this morning. Well, uh, good okay. health to you, and we'll chat to you soon, hopefully again. Uh, best okay, of luck yeah. with that initiative. That is uh, Dr. Tom Kavna from Fermoy. 1850-333-103, lines open. You can text or WhatsApp on 0862-103-103. A lot of commentary in over the last hour on car insurance, on smokeless coal and other issues as well. Well, I'll get to those shortly. Uh, we've had a very busy week in the show, so trying to catch up on a lot of calls and comments that have come into us. One of those is Gillian, who has contacted us during the week. Gillian, good afternoon to you. Hi. Uh, Gillian, now you are a single mum of three and you are now basically looking for a house in the North Cork area. You're aware the house you're in, I think, is going to be sold. Uh, but you were on the council waiting list for a number of years and that's probably the frustrating point for you. How long are you on the council list? I'm on it now 13 years in the North Cork area. And within that 13 years, no luck whatsoever in either locating a house or have you ever been offered a house in a certain area? No, I haven't. And they brought in a new system there a couple of years back, the mm-hmm. CBL website. And I have been keeping an eye on that, but there is nothing coming up that is suitable or an easy commute to my kids' schools for me. And you've never been within a council house before. You've always been renting privately, I presume. Yeah, through the RAD scheme. To the rest scheme, okay. Uh, and you've had no problems with that and you've gone okay with all the various landlords, I presume, was just on this occasion, like so many others, uh, people are selling up and a lot of landlords who may have by default ended up as landlords are selling their homes and that's probably what is happening in your situation there. So you are looking around. You have been on the website. Nothing is coming up that suits you. Um, so is it that you're looking for help from the council or is there anybody out there that you're willing to rent off that, that can facilitate you on that particular scheme? Any, anything at this stage, help from the council or even a private rental house out there. Like I've been to all the auctioneers, the whole lot. There has been houses come up, but then again, I come up across the bridge that no one will accept the RAD scheme. And that's where I am now. I'm searching since the end of September, start of October. I have basically three weeks left now to get out of my house and I cannot secure accommodation for me and my girls. And what age are your girls? They're 18, 4 and 11 months. 11 months, even a mixture of ages there. I know I'm yeah. all going to, well, the 11 months won't be, but the older ones will be going to school. Uh, and what area of North Cork, is it anywhere in North Cork or a certain area of North Cork that you'd be happy with? Once it's easy commute to Buttevant and Liscarroll. So anywhere in the Buttevant and Liscarroll area. If someone yeah. has a house that can house yourself and your three children uh, and obviously accept the RAS scheme that you're on, uh, you, you'd have no problem taking up that particular offer if someone out there has a house uh, for rent in, the, in that particular area. Yeah, exactly. And like if we, my other situation then is if I don't find anywhere, I rang like the community welfare officer, rang St. Francis de Paul, everything to ask them would they help with storage if I end up homeless and in a and b I can't get help towards storage, nothing, if that, if I end up going down that route. So if you, yeah, so basically you'll have to store everything yourself, everything in the house you're in, so have you, like furniture, appliances, is a lot of that your own? Yeah, 90% of it is mine. 
So that will have to come with you. So yeah, storage is a big cost there. And what are the councils saying to you? I know you're on the RAS scheme and just in case those who aren't sure uh, about the RAS scheme is the rental accommodation scheme and it's a nationwide scheme for people who are receiving rent supplements uh, for various um, uh, housing needs. And under this then what happens is the council enters into a contractual agreement between the landlord and indeed the council with securing medium to long term availability of private rented accommodation. So that's usually how that works within the council. Uh, but what are the councils saying to you? I mean, if storage needs uh, is one thing, but you need a home and you're on the list 13 years, surely somewhere there has to be a council home uh, in the North Cork area, in that area, but of Carl, Carroll, uh, that, that has to be able to be to you somewhere. Um, all they keep saying to me is just keep looking at the CVL site. If you see anything, bid on it. Now, there last week, one came up right in Mallow. I bid on that. And I rang your man the other day to check what was the situation with it. And all I got was that there's 200 plus after showing interest in that particular house. And now he has to go through everybody and decide who gets it. They're basically fobbing me off, not helping me. And like I said to them as well, look, I have to be out in the first. What do I do? And all I got was, well, you come in here with your three kids if you're homeless and we'll put you into emergency accommodation. And that could be a hotel or it could be any place? It could be anywhere. They can't tell me. And with the situation at the moment, people like yourself in, in, in your situation where landlords are selling homes, but also people looking for homes, is that the norm when you go on the website and you do bid for a house and, and you look for various accommodation? Is that the norm that you can have over 200 people looking at the same house and then you're in a lottery to see which one of you gets the house? Yeah, basically that's the situation. It's- <laughs> well, well, you're on the list 13 years. I'm just wondering, what have they said to you when you've spoken to them about the length of time you're on the list? They didn't say anything. They just keep going around the circles. And they said, look, we know we can see you're on it since 2006, but there's other people out there in different situations to you that would need a home before you. And I'm like going, but I'm there 13 years. I'm waiting for my home for 13 years. I can't keep shifting my kids around. Like my 18-year-old grew up moving house to house every four years because of different situations that I had to move. Now I have a four-year-old and 11-month-old who looks like are going to be going through the same system and I don't want that anymore. Well, it's unfair. I mean, thinking 13 years ago back, your 18-year-old was a lot younger. Now you're a four-year-old. You don't want your four-year-old to be 18 and you're still in this particular situation. Yeah, exactly. And have you gone down the political route? Have you spoke to any politicians, TDs or councillors? I've been on to a load of TDs and everything and fair play to them. They have rolled into the council for me and they're trying to represent me and fight on my behalf with the council. And do you feel when it comes to council housing that obviously there is a lack of council housing if there's nothing suitable on the side for the last number of years for you and every time the new bid you're up against over 200 people uh, there, there is a need for more social housing, but particular I find from calls we're getting in the North Cork area, and I'm sure you would agree with that, especially when everybody that rings us is in a similar situation to you. And that particular website, I mean, I don't know that website, do you find it, it's a good idea or would you rather the old system? I'd rather the old system. It was easier, was it? It seemed a lot easier, whereas this system now, you don't know who's bidding for the house, you don't know whether you're going to get it or not. Whereas the old system... If a house came up, they would assess you straight away and everything. Whereas now I'm in this situation and it's a case like, well, if something comes up, bid for it and we let you know whether you get it or not. 
And the answer then is, if you can't find a home, once you leave your current home, is just go into the council offices and say you're homeless. Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, we'll see if anybody out there might have a home for Gillian in the Butterfield, Liz Carroll, that area of North Cork, and, and is accepting the rental accommodation scheme. If you are in that situation, that uh, you have a house that is suitable. I mean, what type of house are you looking for? Two bed, three bed? What would you be happy with? I'm looking for a three bed. Three bed ideally? Ideally a three mm. bed because a two bed we wouldn't manage. Mm-hmm. So you would need a three bed with, with, the, with yeah. the children and everything. And what if it was a case that something came up temporary and wasn't suitable? I mean, would you be happy with that or are you still adamant you will need something uh, like a three bed? I'm just thinking if somebody came in with an offer of an apartment or a house uh, that for the time being would keep you going rather than going to emergency accommodation. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, I ideally I would need a three bed mm-hmm. house, even if it was only temporary. It yeah. would ha- ideally it would have to be a three bed house yeah. because of uh, space for the kids and I everything. Know. And, yeah. and the fact I have an eighteen year old as well. She needs her own room. She needs her own space. She does, especially at that age. We'll see what reaction we get. First of all, anybody listening out there might have a particular house that they are thinking of renting out or a house they have never thought of renting out and are happy to get into that particular rental accommodation scheme with the council in the Butterfield List Carroll area of North Cork. Let us know. We can pass on Gillian's details to you if you know of anybody that can help. And in the meantime, Gillian, we will make contact as well with Cork County Council for you to see your situation on the particular housing list and why you are on that list for 13 years. I know usually they will come back and they won't issue anything to us publicly, but at least uh, behind the scenes, it will actually, for them, realise that you're in a situation where you have to make contact with your local radio station to get this particular situation sorted and to highlight the situation. I presume, Gillian, there's a lot more out there like yourself. I, there is, there is, but like, I, like what I've said to the council as well, I'm not saying that what happened last year, but we've been through hell and back last year. I have a four-year-old that's in a very bad state at the moment. She's not sleeping, nothing because of everything that's happened last year. And now the fact that I can't secure a home for her is even upsetting her even more. And it's just not fair. So it's having Um, an impact on on your children. They can see what's going on. Yeah. Like I'm trying to pack up the house and everything and I've nowhere to go. And she, the middle one, my little four-year-old, can see this and she keeps asking every day, Mommy, do we have a home yet? And you can't give her that answer. And I can't answer her and it's very upsetting. And at a young age, that, that can have an impact for any child as they get older and that's the last thing you want for your child as well. Yeah, Exactly. Okay, Gillian, we'll we'll leave it with us. We'll see if anybody can make contact with us if someone has suitable accommodation. We'll also contact the council on your behalf and see what we can work with them behind the scenes because you were on the list for so long and you were trying, in fairness, to bid on houses on the website, but you're coming up against it there as well. Uh, Gillian, for for yourself, look after yourself anyhow. I know it's hard to say, try not to worry, but but keep a positive attitude. And the main thing is look after your own health, your mental health and your, your children as well because at the end of the day, you'll need that in the situation whatever you face in three weeks or a month's time Thank you. Okay, well, stay in touch, Gillian, with us. Let us know what happens, won't you, in the next few weeks. And uh, we will get on to uh, the council on your behalf. And if anybody can help, let us know. Gillian, thanks for uh, making the call to us this afternoon. That is Gillian there on our common line, 1850 333103. She's not alone. 
a lot of people are in that situation whereby either they're in a scheme with the council, be the rental accommodation scheme, or indeed they're unhappy or, or they're even not looking for a council home. They're renting a private accommodation. Their house is being sold. They're looking for accommodation elsewhere and they cannot find suitable private accommodation near where they need to be. A lot of people are being forced to live in areas where they're commuting, not only for work, but for school as well. Anyhow, just some of the reality of what's happening out there. Uh, if you can help, let us know. Your calls are welcome as well on that particular issue. 1850 333 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Clutter Rovers GE Lotto no, that is going ahead this evening in Derry Murphy's Bar and Balnamona. The jackpot is €12,500 and you can get tickets from Jerry O'Donoghue in the area. And a charity Zumbathon that's going to be held in Formoy Community Centre that is on tomorrow from 2 to 5. Proceeds there in aid of Chronic Pain Ireland. And the Ross O'Donovan 10 year memorial truck run that's going on tomorrow and it's in aid of the West Cork Rapid Response. You can register for the event at Bandon GAA pitch at 10.38 a- and the rollout there will start from 12.30pm. You're asked to come along and support them on their route from Bandon tomorrow for the, hard to believe, the 10th year of the Ross O'Donovan Memorial Truck Run. And a 5k community walk, part of Operation Transformation, that's going to be held in Donrell Park tomorrow from 11am. All are welcome to attend and there's no charge. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103. Big response to the issue of insurance. Here's just some of the calls and comments in regarding the issue of insurance and how the insurance industry are looking for reform when it comes to fraudulent claims, but also looking for legal reform. We spoke earlier with John Byrne from the Insurance Federation. John and Clonacilty uh, on that particular issue and insurance prices says that why do people stay with the same insurance company? Don't stay with the same insurance company all the time. They will keep pushing it up every year. Shop around and you will do better. I change nearly every two years, says John and Clonacilty. While another John says the insurance issue is going on a few years now. What has been done for the policyholder this year? Insurance companies are in no hurry to end this problem. It's a vicious circle. So insurance companies just rob the customer on the other end. We are the fools. Nobody will take them on, says John. Another texter says, how come there is no talk about the legal industry who hide behind the smokescreen of public policy and how the system of statutes and acts are foisted on an unsuspecting people. This is the primary industry that profits from the distribution of unlawful money, says the texter. While Roger uh, in Farron, he says 30 years ago, a person took a case against him for injuries and the insurance company was willing to pay his claim. But when Roger's solicitor challenged him, he dropped the claim. It turned out the same man had already taken claims against a number of people. And Roger says the insurance companies are too quick to pay out claims and then they pass on the cost to us. While John in Castletown Roach says his car insurance went up by 10% last year, he believes the solicitors were lobbying the powers that be not to change the status quo because when they get big payouts these solicitors take a cut off it so it is in their own interest to keep things the way they are. Also judges seem to be in cahoots with the situation the way it is. All the judges used to be solicitors so they are all in it together says John in Castletown Road. You have to agree with that because I know the insurance industry are looking to reform uh, the legal system as well so John you're right there. I mean apart from reforming their own system and indeed looking at fraudulent claims 
schemes and getting at those who are doing that uh, they're also looking at reforming the legal system and how they make, they in the legal system make decisions and how they consider the costs that are awarded from judges in the court thank you John for your call also Pat in the city says the insurance companies give in too easily and the onus is on the person who holds the insurance policy if it goes to court the claimant can get free legal aid but the policy holder cannot get free legal aid Pat says people are going out onto the roads and deliberately causing accidents because they know they will win in the courts and we heard that example earlier on in the show thank you for your calls and comments in relation to insurance uh, this is a good deed story we love these stories uh, across especially on a Friday a good deed story we had one earlier here's another one from John who says Hi John Paul I want to tell you about a good deed story that I came across yesterday a truck driver stopped to say to me a sheep had her head stuck in a paint gallon about a half a mile away so he parked up his truck and I went with him to catch the sheep as the sheep could not see or eat on the outside of a farm near Gira uh, near the Gira now at this stage when they were trying to catch the, see- the sheep they obviously did have luck they caught the sheep but he wants to say a big thank you to the kind truck driver Mr Burke from Dunmanway and that goes in from John who stopped saw the sheep was in distress obviously with the paint gallon on the sheep's head uh, the sheep could not eat and couldn't see uh, and this was near uh, the Gira so well done to both of you for helping out that sheep in uh, its time of distress well done on that anybody uh, know where you can recycle Christmas cards in the Mallow area have a WhatsApp in looking to know I know we have Fermoy and we have Skibbereen and we have people there who is looking to recycle or who is looking for Christmas cards to recycle so I know Chocnalina in Fermoy they will take them but this person specifically looking for Mallow so if there is some place in the Mallow area let us know at the moment I don't have any place in the Mallow area but if there is let us know and on the issue of smokeless coal a lot of opinion on this a lot of people have mixed opinions some feel it's good and some feel it isn't so well uh, a few more texts on this particular issue because smokeless coal uh, may be coming into the county in 2020 not this year as yet but definitely by 2020 it will come into the county at the moment you have a situation whereby city and urban areas if you live in those areas you have to use smokeless coal while at the moment you can use smoky coal in county areas uh, by this year there's going to be an education campaign by the county to make people switch to smokeless coal and by next year then it will be enforced part of a national uh, legislation plan that will see Ireland as a low smoke zone so it won't be just Cork County it will be across the country but they're going to wait for the national legislation to be brought in before it's enforced in Cork County we spoke earlier with the County Mayor Councillor Patrick Gerard Murphy on the issue and he was saying it's more of an education this year and next year because at the moment if you light up in the city with smoky coal you could get a fine of between 1,000 and 5,000 euros but at the moment Cork County Council not interested in finding more about education but in time then well they'll have to find if the same people keep using smoky coal when that new law is introduced so on a smokeless coal a texture here is saying we used it recently in a stove coal and we think it's useless ordinary coal is much much better to light and gives more heat but it is filthy Everything in our room is covered in black. So we got anthracite and cosy glow came out of this for a number of years. It was a good as ordinary coal, but it did burn the grate that was Polish 
not Colombian, that seems to have taken over due to the price difference, in my opinion, says that particular texter. And Tim, also on the smokeless coal, feels that it's hard to start. It is fine to put on a fire already lighting, giving great heat and a glowing rather than a flame, feels Tim. But it could burn the grate, also says Tim. So people are concerned about the grates in their particular fireplaces that the smokeless coal, they feel anyhow burns the grate. Your view on that, it is going to be made... Uh, illegal in the next year or so that you will not be able to use smoky coal in the county and using smokeless coal part of the low smoke zone Ireland will be will be under. Uh, with regards to Dr Tom Cavanagh who we spoke with just before midday he is bringing in proposals and these are a new initiative uh, to start up and secure the future of rural Ireland. We spoke to him as I said earlier in the show. Uh, another time on text says well first a class proposals from Tom Cavanagh. Pat's plan was doing the rounds about years or two ago a guard of presence is vital as is the local post office which can offer banking and credit union services some kind of bus link is also necessary in rural areas the appearance of the main street is important as Tom said and people should shop locally where possible if prices are within a few pence of city shops or indeed supermarkets says Tim on text 0862103103 some of your calls and texts into us this afternoon and one more to do with the issue of insurance and a lot of people have used on the legal side of things in insurance. One texter here says we live in a common law jurisdiction which we have no knowledge of but we are controlled by a legal system who trick us out of our common law rights says a particular texter and the final call on this is from Tim and McCroom who says farm insurance should be looked into they have to pay public liability insurance to cover anyone who comes onto your land without permission and gets hurt the IFA should be fighting for farmers rights no one should be entitled to compensation if they are trespassing says Tim in McCroom uh, more calls and comments uh, on that particular issue we'll get to next week on the show but thank you for those if you have an issue on insurance you're not happy with that we can raise it again on the show next week you can email across the weekend jp at c103.ie but instead of movies we go to next and Mark Malone joins us after these Court today on C103 text or whatsapp Patricia with your comment 086 and we're joined by Mark Malone for our movie review afternoon to you Mark hi there now you went along to see Aquaman first of all here's the trailer hey buddy you that fish boy from the TV My son, you could unite our worlds one day. The land and the sea. I'm not a king. The world needs something more. A hero. Aquaman. Now I did watch the trailer just before we came on Airmark earlier this morning. Very impressive, I must say. It looks very well on screen. Uh, yeah, well, they spent a huge amount of money. I mean, they had to. I mean, a lot of the film is actually filmed underwater, and what they have to do is, of course, of course they couldn't film actually underwater. Mm-hmm, yeah. So what they basically do is they hang them off kind of uh, strings, and therefore what they did afterwards then was to animate their hair, which, of course, takes an awful lot of long time. To, so they animate it so it flows, so it seems as if they're underwater, and that costs an awful lot of money, yeah. So they had uh, a big budget for this film, but they, wouldn't, they had to have that. 
Yeah, I never thought of that actually. If they were doing that kind of style, they'd have to have make sure everything looked the part. Yeah, you know, some films don't do that, and you notice that always. Yeah, and it looks realistic, you know, because they talk yeah. underwater. There's no bubbles or anything, you know, so uh, it it really works. Yeah. So Aquaman, what is this all about? Oh crikey, this is about um, uh, this character called Arthur, who's played by Jason Momoa, and he's the heir to this underground, underwater uh, kingdom of Atlantis, which is kind of breaking apart. And part of the reason is that his half brother, who's played by Patrick Wilson, he lives under uh, the water. He lives uh, in Atlantis. And uh, he wants to fight against the air breathers, which is you and me, the people uh, above water who, of course, are polluting the land, but they're also polluting the seas, of course, which affects them. Um, But the thing about Jason Momoa is that uh, he is a what's called kind of a half breed. He is half Atlantean and he is half human. And so therefore he identifies with both. And of course, he doesn't want to go and fight against uh, the air breathers because he is half air breather himself. And he says, look, you know, I'm one of them and they are good people. They just need to be trained. His half brother, Patrick Wilson, says, no, we've given them so many chances and at one stage they take all of the rubbish and all of the plastic from the seas and dump it on land which makes you wonder well, if you could do that all along why didn't you just do it all along but anyway that's beside the point uh, so uh, Jason Momoa then realises that he has to go and he's got to go underwater and he's got to go and fight uh, against his uh, half-brother uh, to try and uh, stop this war between uh, you know the uh, the, 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 the Atlanteans and uh, the uh, air breathers uh, above uh, Jason Momoa we've seen him a couple of times play um, um um, Aquaman before he's played it in uh, Justin League and Batman vs Superman both were terrible movies and of course this is DC Comics this isn't uh, Marvel and of course mm. there's always been a huge kind of battle and uh, between the, the two comics and unfortunately in the past you know DC have very much lagged behind uh, it has to be said uh, Marvel Comics but uh, in the last couple of years they've made and they've had a couple of hits because they're beginning now I think to kind of move away because their films were really dull and kind of dark and you know with very little humour and kind of tended to take themselves just a little bit too seriously but last year they had Wonder Woman which was a huge success and this too has been a huge success as well and part of the reason is that uh, I think what they've looked at say the um, success of Thor and looked at that and looked at how Thor is funny and yet heroic at the same time and so that's what they've done here and with Jason Momoa they have a huge star who manages and who, who is able to do it Yeah and even looking at the trailer a lot of colour in this you mentioned dark movies there and obviously something like Batman is going to be dark enough just the way it, Batman is yeah. uh, but a lot of colour in this particular movie and also humour there is humour in this There's an awful lot of it yeah and a lot of it is very very silly I have to admit there are times when you look at this and go this is either the stupidest film I've ever seen or it's the most brilliant <laughs> film I've ever seen because they just don't seem to care I mean you have to you have to switch off your brain at times when you see somebody like Willem Dafoe going into battle on top of a shark. I mean, you do have to think, <laughs> okay. And then, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a drumming octopus, for example. And, you know, the, when I saw the drumming octopus, I thought, oh, come on. But luckily, you know, I saw this with the teenager and she's an expert because she reads all these comics. She says, no, Dad, that is a reference to the comics because in the comics, apparently uh, the character of uh, Aquaman actually did have an octopus that played oh. kind of a lot of, kind of, um, uh, a lot of instruments. So therefore, James Wan, the director who directed Fast and the Furious 7, who knows, uh, you know, how to uh, direct an action movie. Uh, he obviously said, look, I'm putting it in. I don't care, I'm putting it in. And there are some lovely moments. I mean, Jason Momoa, like, is not only heroic and strong, but there was, there's at one stage somebody pushes him in, you know, through against a wall, and he gets hurt really quite badly. And he looks up and he goes, 
ow. And that kind of stuff is really, really funny. And that's great. And he's great. And I, I can't wait to see him again. There is an awful lot of silly stuff in this. But look, it's hugely entertaining. There are too many underwater battles, I think, which does tend to slow the film down. But I enjoyed it very much. I mean, it's very, very silly, but, uh, but, but, but great fun. Good cast as well. And outside of the cast, topical for this time of the season, because in the last few months, it's been a lot of talk about plastic in our yeah. oceans. So it, it brings all the current news cycle into it as well, doesn't well, it? Well, that's what the film is all about. And yeah. that's what it's trying to tell us. Yeah, it's trying to tell us, look, we're destroying the seas, you know, and we can't be doing that. So, so out of 10? I give it a good 8. 8, so that's high. 8 yeah. out of 10 for Aquaman in our cinemas at the moment. And then you went along on DVD and streaming. And the film is called Christopher Robin. A connection here, of course, all to do with Winnie the Pooh. Tell, him, tell us about this. Everybody will know about Winnie the Pooh anyway, growing up, we'd hope. Well, it depends, I think, on your age. I mean, I didn't actually know very much about Winnie the Pooh when I grew up. I didn't really read any of the books or, you know, and certainly there was nothing much about it on TV. But certainly, you know, in the last 20 years, I think there's yeah. been a huge revival. There were some lovely animated films from Disney a couple of years ago and I remember going to the cinema with uh, the little one at one stage and, and liking them very very much I mean this again is Disney but it's very very different in fact in the look and the feel of this than it is I mean this is live action uh, with CGI puppets and uh, it's not to be confused with Goodbye Christopher Robin by the way which was also released last year so uh, uh, that had Donald Gleeson on it this is a very very different movie uh, the star is uh, Ewan McGregor who plays uh, the eponymous uh, Christopher Robin uh, in this and um, it's directed by Mark Foster who directed it's hard to believe that the same director who directed this directed The Quantum of Solace which was one of the worst directed films <laughs> I've ever seen well it was one of the worst edited films but then of course you know he does work with the editor so um, he has in some way redeemed himself uh, I think so Christopher Robin is a little young boy he's got all of these uh, you know he's got uh, Winnie the Pooh and he's got Tigger and he's got Eon. he plays with all these uh, with these toys and of course who talk back to him uh, in his imagination he then goes and grows up and of course he has to leave the toys which is very very there's a very very sad moment at the start actually when the toys realise that he's growing up and that he's got to move on and that he won't be their friend anymore and you will cry by the way multiple times when you're watching this film and he then goes back to war goes to war but when he comes back from war he's a very very different person and uh, like kind of Mr. Banks in um, uh, in um, in Mary Poppins you know he life is is, is is just not what it used to be it's not all about fun it's not, it's not about using your imagination it's about you know getting down and making a living so that uh, you know he can earn to uh, look after his wife and his little girl but of course that is affecting his relationship with them. Uh, one day he's outside of his house and uh, who arrives through um, the tree from uh, Hundred Acre Wood but it's Pooh who says look you know come back to the Hundred Acre Wood because we need you uh, because you know um, the heffalump is, is is once again you know causing havoc in, 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 in the Hundred Acre Works so he does and whilst he's there he meets all his old uh, toys again and um, and it's, 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 it's beautifully done in the sense that and it, it's very similar to Mary Poppins in that way as well and that it all starts very dark very misty mm. very foggy but as of course he begins to kind of regenerate his childhood once again uh, you know the, the weather changes the sun comes out and he begins to become a different person um, the thing is about it is that it's, it's, it, I was wondering who this was for though because I was wondering is this really for little kids because it's actually quite creepy at times in the Hundred Acre Wood and I think it's actually made for adults I think it's made mm. for people who grew up with Winnie the Pooh and that's who they're directing this film to I think uh, maybe under 10s might find some of the you know um, parts of it rather creepy 
Um, but I just, I, it, it is extraordinary. It's all done in this kind of really weird, kind of melancholy kind of way. But it works, and it works really, really well. And the, 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 the dolls are beautifully done. In fact, they're based on the actual dolls themselves. I think the actual dolls are actually in on display somewhere uh, in New York. And, uh, of course, they're all kind of threadbare and, and weather-beaten. And they've kind of managed to kind of beautifully recreate them and, uh, and CGI them. And, of course, the voice of... Um, Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings. I mean, it's the voice that's been used for the last 50 years. It's the same man. He is extraordinary. Once that voice starts, I mean, you do get quite emotional. And um, yeah, I just thought it was absolutely fabulous and wonderful and brilliant. Amazing to me that the same voice is used for over 50 years. That's great. And they can get the person to do the various things. It's films. quite elderly now, you yeah. know, but the voice is there, you know. And um, yeah, if you grew up uh, watching, uh, you know, and reading uh, Winnie the Pooh, I mean, I would recommend this wholeheartedly. Because you mentioned the target market there. Across the 90s, Winnie the Pooh would have been a cartoon on so many TV yeah. channels and people who grew up in the 90s and or the had movies, children. They made two of them, I think, in the, in the, in the 90s. And, yeah. uh, and I loved them. I mean, I, I thought they were terrific and I thought they were wonderful. So... Um, so this is very, very different. I mean, this is not kind of, you know, sunny, kind of mm. um, bright coloured kind of Disney. This is very subdued, you know, and uh, but it's done beautifully. And, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor uh, plays Christopher Robin and very, very well, because I have been kind of critical of him in the past, but he's very, very good in this. And um, I I thought it was fabulous. I did say to, I'm, uh, Kevin Smith, the director, watched it with his teenage daughter. And apparently they were so affected uh, that they cried for two days, apparently. Uh, so I said to my teenager, I said, look, are you going to watch this with me? She said, I'm not going to cry in front of your dad and there's no way so she watched it on her own I watched it on my own and uh, I did cry a lot uh, And but uh, yeah so uh, Christopher Robin I recommend it a very emotional movie so if there's a very lot of crying so. very much yeah. so and is that the connection that does go between the, the, the teddies as you said the bears and indeed the, the man himself because over the years it's probably everybody can relate to it you do grow up and you do remember what you did as a child but you, you're you gone beyond that life so it's bringing back nostalgia and memories it's being a child again yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, out of 10, so? I'll give it a good nine. Chris, oh, very good. Christopher Robin, nine out of 10. High scoring this week. Thank you, Mark. Uh, as you're here, just before you go, we have a few texts in about Aquaman. What age group uh, would you recommend to go and see Aquaman? Someone has an 11 year old child wants to know is it suitable for an 11 year old? Too young? I think, is it 12s or 13s? I think, as far as I know. Now, what they recommend, of course, is that 12s and 13s shouldn't see it, but, uh, you know. PG, it says here on my uh, it's a P- Oh, okay. All right. I think in yeah. America it was it was PG thirteen. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, especially if they're 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 quite mature. You know, the violence in it isn't explicit in any way, shape, or form. It's kind of good fun. So um, if it's if it's a mature eleven year old, I don't see the problem at all. Okay, very good, Mark. Thank you for that, Mark okay. Malone. There with our movie review. <laughs>
the Dublin man Gavin James nervous at C103 he's had a good year last year I'm sure again this year I've uh, been watching a few American and Australian dramas where you hear his music in the background at different scenes so uh, a good one uh, for Gavin James on the issue of insurance just going back to this briefly and this is Niall who had an issue over the uh, holiday period he received what he says was a threatening letter from AXA car insurance about payments that he's been paying every month into the branch in Mallow without fail but when AXA closed down that particular branch they told him that he can pay online with his policy number so he did try this many times but it wouldn't accept him so he had to ring the main branch and when he finally got through they said and he was telling them that he always paid in Mallow without fail and then when he was explaining this to them a letter came to him and basically you know, telling him that you must pay your insurance. So anyhow, he did contact the branch again without fail. He uh, got onto them and he was issued with another letter, uh, which he felt again had his name spelt wrong. And then because of that, uh, he had problems entering his new details into the system to make a payment. So anyhow, uh, I presume in the meantime, uh, now you've got this situation sorted, uh, uh, but uh, just an experience he had with an insurance company closing a branch, then they tell you go online. When you go online then, it doesn't work. When you try again to make contact with them, eventually uh, they get something else wrong and then you can't again pay your car insurance. Example there uh, from Niall in Mallow and also regarding where in Skibbereen can you leave Christmas cards? You can post them if you're in the Skibbereen area to Sally Daly who's on the Baltimore Road in Skibbereen. She is collecting Christmas cards for recycling. Uh, news that it is reaching us. You would have heard Barry briefly at uh, Midday News. More on this at the News at One. Uh, and this is how it works on the N20 Waterloo Junction, which we have spoken about across the last year. That junction has been closed and numerous fatal accidents have taken place, unfortunately, at that junction over the last number of years. Well, it seems now works are to commence at the Waterloo Junction to facilitate a left-in and left-out traffic. It's going to commence before the end of January and they expect the works to be completed in early February. And that will then we'll uh, see the junction there reopening onto the main Cork to Mallow Road so uh, if you're a commuter on that road you will see a, a traffic change and a traffic layout change in conjunction with the reopening of the Waterloo Junction with a left in and a left out traffic system works to start before the end of January and complete it they say uh, in early February that's just coming into us from Cork County Council also earlier this week we were uh, mentioning uh, a dumping site between Ballyvalan and Blackpool on the city north side and we spoke to a number of people unhappy with that particular site and wanted something done. A development has taken place this week on that and Cork City Council has issued us with a statement that we didn't get to yesterday but the City Council say we are developing a plan to deal with the ongoing issues at that particular site which is located between Ballyvalan and Blackpool and indeed the Council say that it is envisaged that a clean-up operation will commence 
in the coming weeks in the area. So we'll wait and see if that happens, if they clean up that area in the coming weeks. So that's it from me. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced it. Best of luck to everybody taking place tomorrow, taking part tomorrow in the Ross O'Donovan 10-year memorial truck run. It's an age of the West Cork rapid response. Uh, they'll be leaving the Bannon GA pitch from 10.30. No, they register at 10.30 at the Bannon GA pitch and they'll leave there at 12.30. Best of luck to all in that. Uh, Patricia Messenger returns from her winter break on Monday. So enjoy your weekend. I'm John Paul McNamara. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.